and says, imagining a little mRNA strand floating around. Now recording. Uh, welcome to the Yang Gang Roundtable. It is Saturday, December 19th, 2020. Sheridan, I'm sorry to cut you off, but you know I have to do that. So, so. Oh, I'm, I'm completely fine, completely fine. Uh, I'll get back into it as soon as you uh, fully introduce our guest and what we, we, what we we have Ariel, uh, Faye Doney, Joshua Eastlick, Mia Songbird, Sheridan, and myself here on our Basic Income Advocacy Podcast today. And our guest is Cody Hill. Cody, thank you for coming on the show. How are you feeling? Hey, guys. Happy Saturday. Happy feeling Saturday. good. Good. Glad to hear it. Yeah. Having my coffee here and excited to be on the, on the podcast. Thanks for coming. Uh, I think yeah. uh, everyone here would love to have you introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about you. Yeah. So um, let's see. I'm originally from the uh, Washington, D.C. area, Northern Virginia. Um, and so that's where I grew up. I went to college in Virginia. Um, I went and actually I lived in Spain for a few years and taught English over there. And then um, came back and worked in the D.C. area at various kind of uh, different jobs there. Um I got my grad degree in, at UNC Chapel Hill in North Carolina, and then actually went out to California and was working in um, big tech for a little while. Was at um, I worked at Amazon and worked at Facebook for a few years, and then um, I recently quit my job at Facebook a few months ago. Um, decided that I wanted to, to like do something to help people in the world because it was kind of the exact opposite. I eventually figured out what was going on there, and um, not that it's necessarily like overly nefarious, but we can talk about more of that later. But um, and I moved back to North Carolina recently, so I'm living here. I'm working at a um, a tech company that's just me and um, a couple other people. We're we're building. It's kind of in the political tech sphere, so we do like legislation tracking and um, bill analysis for the North Carolina state government. For people who want to like stay on top of what's happening in government and you know this is one of the things that andrew yang talked a lot about was like how far behind government is with technology and how that causes a lot of problems and a lot of inefficiencies and things can't get passed and great ideas like ubi get stuck because and a lot of it is a lot of it is intentional because the government doesn't like technology coming in because technology fundamentally means that um, uh, things will have to work differently. And so people will like lose their jobs. And so kind of bringing in tech is something government kind of pushes back on, but, um, we're working to help kind of make the, it's the industries they like their benefits. It's because they like their benefits. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely part of it. It's okay when tech comes in and disrupts everyone else, as long as it's not them. Yeah. Yeah, also, so it's tech can also increase accountability across the board too mm -hmm. for a lot of things and yeah. make things a lot more efficient in a way that maybe they don't want um, less ability yep. to like smudge the books a bit, you know? Yeah, yeah, procedures yeah, used a lot as a tool. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's like if people knew more what was going on in the government, like no one knows how laws get passed. Like people don't know anything about like bills going through or actual legislation, how laws get passed. No one knows about that. And everyone is just watching this national level soap opera of Trump and Biden. And it's all like, honestly, it's all big kind of distraction in a way and really unproductive. 
Yeah, Angry. that's what we're finding Dumb. time and time again, guest and guest again. We all come to that conclusion. It's uh, very unfortunate <laughs> and frustrating, and we're just trying to figure out. Well, I mean, it is a reality it. TV show. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's entertainment. It is the news is entertainment. That's the problem. The news should not be on the market as entertainment. It should not be valued for its its entertainment value with primacy, which it currently is. So that's you know we we have the product that the systemic rewards dictate until we change the system. We're not going to get a different product. So things awesome. are looking That's grim <laughs> with uh, this Biden victory is that uh, now that uh, the uh, wild chaos, chaotic fascist is gone. Everything is back to normal. And yeah, we have the boring to milk toast fashion. And, and normal was bad. Well, okay. Now check out while we're having the uh, shift into the fourth industrial revolution without any management or guidance. That's my like real big concern with Biden. Yeah, that's, that's a legit concern. <laughs> uh, Cody, I wanted to ask you a, a question. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, like you said, you worked for Facebook. Like that show, that movie, Social Dilemma, uh, that mm-hmm. came out. Did uh, like I would love. I'm assuming you've seen it, that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tell yep. tell me tell me about that movie and your personal oh, experience man. working for Facebook. <laughs> man, I, I could I could, yeah, say a lot of different things on it. Um, I thought it was interesting how they talked about like the culture in big tech, and like I had just quit my job right after the social right before social dilemma. Um, came out and when I was watching it what they were saying was like literally mostly all the independent thoughts that I came up on my own was like what these people were saying and it wasn't anything I had talked with at people at Facebook with other people about so it was like wow this person is like literally saying everything that I noticed there Um, and so it's not like it is this big nefarious company that is like trying to engineer people and like trying to pit people against each other. It's a company that found out that it is incredibly profitable to um, know to gather so much information on people and be able to micro target ads very effectively. And so the more that you do that, like the natural consequence of um, being able to predict how everyone will act and think is basically like polarizing and putting people in bubbles because if you can predict how someone is going to think or act based on all this information that you know about them, then you can sell a lot more ads and you can sell them for a much higher price, which is why Facebook is now uh, you know, $750 billion company and they've created the best ads you know, in the history of, of the world, which mm-hmm. is why they make so much money because people pay a lot for it because they know everything about people. So if their only goal at the end of the day is the bottom line and the and continuing to increase the number of ads that they can sell and then the price of the ads, then they're just going to keep getting better and better at um, figuring out basically how people think and then running all these tests and and running all these um, ways to make people be more engaged and to confirm people's beliefs and then say that the other, the opposite of what they believe is like dumb or bad or has no merit. So there's kind of like, they know all the different types of content um, to put in front of you, to put you in, in different like emotional states, which will keep you more engaged basically. And, it, and it, it's way more complicated than that, but that's kind of the basics there of why they make so much money. Yeah. So you're well, basically saying learning. that, 
Oh, sorry. Well, I'm. What I was going to say is like um, when I watched that a show. Uh, it actually, um, I've done a lot of research on the way the brain works and the brain wiring. And actually the way our, you know, algorithm works is very similar to Facebook's algorithm. Mm -hmm. There's a part in the brain called the reticular activating system. And it's only like job is to find evidence for whatever you believe. And and, like the way Mm -hmm. the algorithms for Facebook are so similar by the sounds of it. I'm like, (laughs) yeah, dangerous. Except yeah. it gives you content to look at instead of just like a thought in your head, right? It's not in your brain. It's on the computer access to the whole world. It's it's crazy to me. Well, like Cody says, it's not that nefarious. This is, uh, I can't remember the proper name of it, but there's an Arabian snake fallacy in economics where a government can't properly legislate for all the excess margins in a free market for companies that literally stumble upon psychological gold like this, where you can tweak demand essentially to be whatever you want Mm -hmm. and to pit people against each other, to gin up more demand that that's just an externality that a government can't properly account for. And we need more regulation to solve. Yeah, totally agree. So, uh, what I'm hearing is that the nefariousness is kind of like an unintended and unmeasured byproduct more than anything else. Like a yeah. waste product from the generation of this information. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, the, the main point is profit, just like any business. Mm-hmm. I actually and do it, have related to this profit thing. You know, like essentially, it, it puts people down this rabbit hole of information, right? That's what it does. It's like, here, I'm going to confirm, and then I'm just going to keep adding. It's just like how people watching Joe Rogan found, you know, uh, the UBI, blah, 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 right? Joe Rogan and Yang. Um, and that was the rabbit hole for a lot of people. So, I mean, you guys are doing, like, these rabbit holes to make people spend money, but could there be a way to shift the code in order to be towards... Um, you know, like how to help our planet go green, you know, like so not oil. a truism in programming, uh, humans code, whatever we do, whatever we're feeling, that's what happens in the code. So biases can absolutely be put into code. And that's kind of the whole point of, we have to construe a system that focuses on human virtue rather than greed because greed isn't going to solve everything. Yeah. The tough, the tough thing is like, how do you measure and create metrics for like human virtue? Cause there's like so many different types and different people value it in different ways. So like the one that we've settled on is, is obviously like money and economic and the bottom line. And, you know, the three things that Yang always talks about GDP, stock price and, um, whatever the third one is and if like the only thing that we're measuring is just that then those are like the only things that businesses care about and um so like we need different metrics we need to figure out what those other metrics are for like making people healthy making people like happier making people feel like they they are making progress in life which leads to so many bad things people just don't feel like they're progressing which is awful um so I loved how he talked about like the American scorecard and just coming up with different metrics. 
I was so, going to ask what your thoughts okay. on the uh, scorecard was and um, how you think a national presentation would have uh, would have uh, looked like during this uh, COVID year. Yeah, I think yeah, I think it's. It is insane that no one has ever talked about this stuff before in a national level, that Andrew Yang was the first person who started talking like this. Like for me, I've always just like thought of politics as like a joke. It's like, it's just a new, a new sociopath up there, like talking about how they're going to do stuff and, you know, talking about it in a different type of like um, eloquent way, which either speaks to more of like a blue collar or more of like a, you know, upper class type way. And then, but like overall, they're not, no one's ever saying anything. It's like the same issues have stayed, stayed around forever. No one's solving any problems. They're not incentivized to solve problems. But when Yang was like, wow, let's like actually look at metrics. Let's actually measure things and like set goals and review them. It's like, this is what they do in tech. And I've worked at high-end tech places and they solve problems very quickly. It's like all they do is just go and create solutions to solve problems and make things work well for their own internal purposes, of course. Um, but it's like, why can't we take more of an approach like that to um, to societal health and well-being? And it's, it can sound a little bit like pie in the sky and like not real. And I'm sure it won't be like just as easy as he's laid out in the American scorecard to create all these different measurements, but it's only going to get worse if we don't start trying. So we need to like try and fail and find out that, okay, well maybe it's really impossible to um, create some type of like mental health score, or it's a lot harder than we thought, but at least we've made progress and we've learned a lot of new things and we could have smart people working on that problem. Because right now, no one is. (laughs) So we need to, like, at least start trying. Just my final comment on this. The magic of the American scorecard, as Yang presented it, is it really is just that simple. It's a political will to have the IRS provide a more uh, convenient allocation or essentially a new web page on their site for all this data to be collated in a very readable way. Because we have this data. The data does exist. The reason we focus so much on GDP, stock market, and unemployment is because of the capital production theory, where people engage in making more things that make more things, and some consumer goods will make everyone richer. But unfortunately, as we are seeing, unemployment doesn't really work because of how the government continually refines and defines it to uh, cut out more and more people who are either on welfare programs or getting resources by some other way that the government is defining, which is increasingly costly. So it really is just so simple and beautiful, and I love the American scorecard. Like, it was the best policy Yang had after basic income. Like, no one talked about that. It's so like everyone's like, like that concept of the American scorecard is like one of the most revolutionary ideas in the history of the country, and it got zero press coverage. It's, I know, and everyone is asking the same stupid questions. Like, I'm going if I run for president, I am charging news news networks five figures minimum to interview me, and if they ask me a single question I've been asked before, I'm ending the interview. 
I'm just walking out. <laughs> Let's talk more about single payer versus private option. It's like, okay, we've I've 5,000 hours about this same boring conversation. I know. It's like every long form interview is the exact same questions, exact same it thing. It doesn't like make sense. I also. I really love that Yang would always point out that the person who invented the GDP never wanted it to be used in the way that it's being used today anyways. It was yeah, never meant to Simon Americans' health or our economic basis. We have we've perverted it. That's because politicians don't understand. What what are you what what do your fellow like tech workers think about all this insanity going on? Like that, that like I I know that you you quit in the field, but do, do you still have contact with some of them? Are you talking about Andrew Yang, or are they like I don't care about people's health? I'm just in this for the money. Let's just go. Like yeah, just, like what would you say? Like what's the word like over there? Like what what are they, are are they oblivious to what their products are doing to society, or they're just like it's just my job. I just get my paycheck and then I go home and I do what I want. Yeah, I think I think that there's like an underground current of of people who are kind of waking more up to it and kind of do understand all these extern- negative externalities that are being created. Um, I think it's not it's not the majority of people. Big tech like is such a good industry to be in. You get paid well. It's cozy. You like it's good on your resume, all that stuff. And most people are just like self interested. And they go there for the paycheck. They go in and out, and and they probably don't think twice about it too much. Now, internally, so one of the interesting things is that there's all these different product teams that all have like their goals that they are all working on, and um, there's all these different metrics that, and each team usually cares about like one or two metrics, and they work really hard to like make sure that they hit their metrics. So. Um, I was on like a growth team. So our metric was just like getting people, getting new incremental users. So like new accounts created, people signing on Facebook one time per month, which is what they consider a user. So just like basically getting people on once a month. And there's all these stories that each team can kind of tell themselves as to why their goal is like good for either the world or for the health of the platform, which helps the world. Um, and so each team is kind of like, doesn't look at the full bigger picture. It's kind of like everyone is in these micro kind of silos looking at their goals and caring about that and having their stories as to why it's important. Um, but like the overall all picture of the atomic bomb and they don't know they're building the atomic bomb. No, 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 no. This is the, I, I do want to, uh, elaborate more on this because I've been thinking a lot about the, these dark sides of capitalism because people, uh, especially greed-oriented capitalists don't understand the power that they wield when they set numerical goals or if they set uh, standards or a price or how many millions are affected by their arbitrary decisions in order to see some return on whatever scale they want instead of understanding the supply-demand realities and trying Mm -hmm. to manage and, and innovate on the processes that currently exist. Yeah. It's kind of upsetting that they will just say, we need a hundred thousand new users every month and realize that we have five teams and each team needs to do 20,000 new users Yeah, or that we won't make it by the end of the month. It's so, like, 
Mm-hmm. There's there's something also kind of interesting and different about tech and software in general. And so the reality is, is that like all these big tech companies, like 50% of them are software engineers, are like engineers. The engineers get paid a shit ton of money. They are the high-end engineers. These are like the top 0.1% engineers who work at Facebook and Google. They get a ton of money. Now, to be a a top-end software engineer, you are, um, I don't want to sound like crude, but you are the closest thing to a human robot as possible because you have to sit there and you have to code all day and you have to not care about social interaction and you you have to be like very... Um, very like narrow focused and very good at just like sitting in code and being super um, basically the opposite of like outgoing and like understanding of like things outside of yourself. That's what, unfortunately that is kind of what software engineering high end people who are, who can do that job are like. So those people just naturally, I, you know, everyone has different dispositions. Those people don't typically have the disposition of being able to care about, um, like being more like empathetic or being being able to care about like what things happen outside of themselves. So it's it's a it's a field that people that work that that write a lot of the code are solely focused on this one metric and wouldn't really even think twice about unintended consequences of what happened um, from that software just within like the disposition and personality of the people doing it. Yeah, not saying they're bad people, but that's like, just like Ariel likes to say is meritocracy doesn't exist. But I'll add nuance to that. It does, just not in the way you think, because of how people who are self interested will hire and look for a job, and that's really the function of our market right now, or at least the labor market. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, at the end of the day, everyone is self-interested and all the, you know, all the marketing that is done to talk about how much they are helping impoverished communities and all this stuff, like that's all literally just like a marketing ploy to make people feel better about the company. Like, and you know, there are good things that they do. They, they, you know, a lot of small businesses depend their entire business on Facebook and Google and that's how they get their you know, they support a lot of small businesses like that, um, but they also have eliminated every other platform so that they're the, they are solely dependent on them pretty much. So what do you feel about the uh, data dividend? Tell me more, like, you know what I'm talking about? The whole, mm-hmm. like, uh, you contributed your data, here's some money. D4P by Andrew Yang. DDFP. Data D4P. dividend. Yeah, I got that wrong. Thank you for correcting me. I think so, yeah, <laughs> I th- I think it's I think it's a good idea. I think it's something that we need to be like playing around with, or just having different models because the ads business model is like really destructive and it's only going to get worse. And there has to be some way to like combat it without completely destroying these like companies like i don't even know if just like straight up breaking up all these big companies like we did to the oil companies in the early 1900s like yeah it seems like an old solution to a new way more complex problem so i not that complex the internet is accessible everywhere oil is a geographical resource it's Mm -hmm. inherently limited the advertisement and attention economy is inherently unlimited 
So we just need to provide a tax on this fantastic margin that tech companies exploit constantly. And that's what this data dividend did. It's a tax straight to consumers. Yep. I totally agree. And yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's similar to like the VAT in a way that, that Yang talked about. I think it needs to be done. And like, the thing is like, it might not be the perfect solution, and but like you're never going to arrive to the perfect solution or a better solution until you start trying things and you figure out what the holes in them are and where they can be improved. So the fact that they are trying to do something and putting this out there, I think, is is phenomenal. We need to we need to go after it because no one else is going to do it. Like like what what I, what I'm thinking is this, like, you know, ever since I was like seven or eight years old, I always thought that like technology would bring us to that future of like having flying cars and having space travel and like beaming people up and stuff like that you know really cool exciting and fun stuff if we were if we were to look back on like when i like the millennials were young and look at it now it's like what is this like it's 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 making us all hostile it's making us depressed. It's making us angry. It's making us frustrated. There should be like special engineers and special like psychologists putting their heads together and saying like, hey, like how can we make it so that technology is more put towards putting, getting people happier, getting See, people more fulfillment. We have to build that ourselves, right? right? Like, mm-hmm. if we just keep waiting right. around for somebody else to do it, it's not going to get fucking done because no right, one right. But, to. But, that, but that's the thing. I'm thinking that, like, this is the direction we can go in. So, like, we can create a space like Facebook and Twitter, except we can say, like, no hostility allowed and no no this and that allowed. Like, yeah. like we, can, we can do that in a way and then... We can build that ourselves to compete. And then, you know, there was a guy, Buckminster Fuller said, if the existing system sucks, build something better. So I'm thinking, Cody, with, like, more people like you and with more people like us, let's, like, like, like come together and build technologies for the sole purpose of improving happiness and mental health just imagine the possibilities yeah. if we could do that somehow. Uh, yeah. There is something that exists, and it's called Frey.World, okay? So it's like Facebook, except for it gives you a data dividend. I've already received money from them, right? And, like, these things do exist, right. but guess who's never heard of it? Mainstream media. Why? Because the tech They're giants... Part, I, think, I think tech giant. I, I think they go hand in hand. I, I think mainstream media is just as big a problem as the tech giants are. Did you actually get Great Faye, Faye, your data dividend. Did you actually get American currency back? I did, yes. Um, so uh, it's not a whole lot of money, right? But oh, I like, know it's not going to be a lot at the start, but uh, that's that they actually have a system good. that functionally works with American currency is so powerful. I'm going to sign up. And, yeah, and the other thing is, too, you could write uh, blogs 
right? And you can tip the the writer, right? So mm-hmm. you can actually like I really this really meant something to me, and I see that maybe you even need money. Right. And um, the, like I've been are, in direct talks with they the creator. Like Cody, like I, I was imagining like a world like this <laughs> in the future where you could have like. You know, yeah, you find airships, and you can like take a vacation on Is them. Like a pool. Like just, just imagine like vacationing in an airship on top of the Alps. <laughs> How fun that would be! But what did we get? Like anger and like yeah. I'm, I'm going to write glue to these phones. To like, yeah. like, like what the hell? You know? Yeah. Like oh, yeah. let's let's go here. We didn't you know? invest yeah. that stuff until we change what we're investing and we're going to end up with the same results. We put most right. of our military budget. I think, uh, uh, like, like, let's, think, let, let, let's send a message. You know, we're disappointed in all of you. Twitter, Facebook, this. You just, you know, you look for money and you don't care. Like, like let's improve, you know, the human quality of life instead of just chasing your own tail, you know? Let's you know, you know let let's do that. Let let's come out as a, like a united front for like fighting for mental health, accountability, and like quality of life in technology. And let's hold these people accountable. Well, not 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 the workers. I'm not talking about the workers. I'm just talking about like the people who like the big wigs. So, what are you going to that's, organize to start that up? That's not going to happen unless. And the incentives change, and unless it's not all, and unless we start to measure different things, and also until we put people in the mind space of being able to think that they actually like have a future that they care about, kind of getting the boot off of people's necks, like that, that, that phrase yeah. that Yang said is like the most important thing. Like we have millions of people, like half the country, just probably more than half the country, just feels like. Yeah, you know, fuck far. it. Like what? Like um, I've never had anything. Done. Okay, yes. And I'm never you, here's the thing because, with because anyone, and so like no one cares about me. So why should I give a fuck about following these rules? I, I, yeah, I, that's true. I I, 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 I let me say, I was I was in that headspace. I just I was in that headspace. Okay, go ahead. I I was just saying I I was in that headspace before. Until I looked at like what can be possible and what's happening mm-hmm. right now, I think awareness alone is curative. Like that's the mm-hmm. saying. I just don't think people are aware of better possibilities and better ideas. And I think that the people who who um, have the power and the money right now, they don't want competition. And the best way to not have competition is not to compete with a competitor. Just make sure that nobody knows about them. Yeah. Just hide course, yeah. the people who Ariel, you don't want. And that's exactly what they did to Yang. That, that's all I, I want to yeah. chime in here. Yeah. The, the thing is, people need to see a reality that's possible. They, you know, like the reason why movies are so effective, right, is because we can step into that reality, right? 
and mm-hmm. like with uh so cody you don't know about me i'm sure but uh like so i'm currently in alabama and i want to start a u- universal basic income pilot in a, a dead town fort deposit okay um, but I don't necessarily know how to do that, but I work with teams of people, right? Well, like, but my teams of people are, uh, the, the brokest of the United States, right? So, so we have all these extra limitations, right? But we're going to start a nonprofit so we can start getting grants so we can start doing the work we want to do. But like, you know, we have multiple tiers, um, that we want to, uh, establish and it's re it's a foundation of a crumbling uh, city. Like what do you do in order to make sure you can resurrect oh, yeah. a town even, right? Cause people already exist places. We don't have to like redo everything, but you know, if I can document rebuilding this town and getting the people of the town to do it, right. Mm-hmm. I can't do it for them, but I can help yeah. provide resources, knowledge, tools, blah, blah, blah. Right. And so if, if, if I document it while people are doing it and they learn, then they can teach other people as well or mm-hmm. uh, keep building up on uh, the yeah. knowledge that they have. And then if other people watch that, they could also be like, oh, that's a great idea. I can do that in my own town. And you inspire. If you can inspire people, yeah. then then you don't have to do the work, right? <laughs> but you can help provide the resources. But the problem is with somebody so small and unknown, uh, it's hard to pull something like this off, right? But mm-hmm. I can't rely on any other organization, right? I have to invent it. And I yep. think that's the other thing is like, um, you know, Josh constantly was like talking about uh, like Yang's purpose of what he is trying to say is we have to build it ourselves. We cannot wait mm-hmm. around. We cannot be the bystanders. We have to be the ones that are like, oh, crap. No one else is doing it. Okay. And that's kind of what this podcast is, right? We, we built it ourselves. We don't care that we don't like, we want the audience, right? But we, we don't stop that from getting like high, like profile people on our show. We're like, no, this is important work that must be done. And you know, uh, the more we get out there, the more uh, our uh, people come on the show, they can get into their networks. Right. But yeah, no, we do have audience. The, the Faye, Trumper for Yang just uh, complimented you. He said, Faye getting things done. I love it. Yeah. He's like, he's like, attitude. You, you see, this is, this is, this is the thing. Every, everybody thinks yeah, that, like, conservative. We, uh, we really appreciate it. Everybody thinks that, like, the hate between um, conservatives and liberals is, like, irreconcilable. It's like the Montagues and Capulets from Shakespeare. Yes, we yeah. saw that. And, and Cody, like, I've kind of formally came from that Trump conservative side. But now I'm thinking we saw that a lot of former Trump people came on yeah. this side because they said, finally, someone who's talking about the underlying economic issues mm-hmm. that, that most of the liberals are talking is just like racism and like, oh, these mm-hmm. people are just stuck in their ways and we can uh, like, if they're, yeah. they're people, and it's like, that's not true. That's not we true. And we ideas to... and not people. Are we trying right. to? I that's mean, we talk about people too. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. seems like most of the people that hold power on like the Democratic side, they would literally prefer just to let like the middle of the country just like die out and like not give a shit about them. And just kind of like literally not say anything about them. And like that, that always just really 
That always makes me really, really upset the more I think about that. And, you know, you know, Trump does it in his way and he talks about the middle of the country. And I, and I think he does it in, in, in a disingenuous way. But at least the fact that he talked about them. At least he acknowledges it. The fact it. that he acknowledges and, and, them, yeah. The, 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 the Democrats don't even acknowledge it. Even, yeah. even if he wasn't solving the problems, he was acknowledging them, yeah. they wouldn't even acknowledge it. It's like, Man, not, it's, yeah. it's like we're not even talk about you we are going mm-hmm. to erase you like, it's like we're not going to fight with you we're going to erase you that's pretty and, and imagine andrew yang like oh my god like this guy starts his campaign and he talks about i lived in cincinnati what lansing michigan st louis and he goes and he names all these towns in the middle of the country that the people on the coast probably don't even know where the hell they are they've never been there he is calling out like he says, I've tried to create, I have been creating jobs and living in and working in, but just like normal people who, whose quality of life has been declining for the past couple of decades, who like, these are real people. And I've like talked to them and understood their problems. And like, that is far more empathetic than I've seen any democratic politician do with all of their, um, you know, woke social justice type Virtue stuff. Like all that like stuff what? is performative. Yeah. All that stuff beyond, is straight performative. Beyond the identity politics. Complete, I mean, obviously, there are legitimate areas there, and, and, and I don't want to hate on it too much, mm-hmm. but Yang's, like, radical empathy to care about, like, the most universally hated group in America and say that they're actually humans, like, that blew my mind. That was like, wow, this is someone who is an actual leader who cares about all mm-hmm. types of people, but, and... Like that, but that it shouldn't really have blown your it, it, it shouldn't have blown your mind because it's just common decency, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, it my mind you, you never see that would yeah. actually say that because right. no politician yeah, exactly. would ever say that. You would get kicked out of your role in the Democratic exactly. Party if you ever talked about like white people in Middle America having dignity and being real people. You would literally lose your job on MSNBC if you ever said that. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. It's just a big live action role playing game. That's the and beyond the identity politics. Do you want to go first, Jordan? I appreciate it because I was uh, talking about this at the very beginning before we started recording. Uh, the three speed economy that I brought up and, uh, before we started that's the middle of America falling out that people talk about. Uh, what it actually is, and it's really apparent in America because of how bad our coronavirus response has been economically, most countries have been able to support basically everyone and keep everyone afloat, but some people are doing better than others. This is the uh, two-speed economy where there's a K-shape. People in services, in durable goods in hard manufacturing, shipping, any real bedrock industry that needs real movement has been basically shuttered and only like is stagnating. While the financial sectors, the service sectors, things that can be done uh, online or distanced or can be done uh, very, very repetitiously many times a day has been booming because of all this cash flow, just utterly booming. But in America, we're seeing a three-speed economy where we are having a radical uh, boom at the uh, top of the financial markets 
um, because of our global uh, forex positioning, which the government is flexing hard. It's just not giving that money to people in the form of a basic income, which we would see some forex fluctuation with a UBI, with no matter what country does it. But uh, our government is still flexing that position and just booming uh, the high-end financial markets and uh, with the idea that they will do a massive private uh, investment of... I, I would ideally hope that they are realizing that billionaires are looking for a massive return on long-term infrastructure investment like a Green New Deal would be, but through a private means. Now, the reality is that's not going to happen. They're going to dump it into safer assets like the financial market. And that's where we're getting the second speed of this three-speed economy. Financial markets are also booming, not as much as massive billionaire wealth, but they are still booming along with the rest of the world's uh, economies. What do they produce? Well, that's the thing, is that they are a very essential component of such a massive economy like our nation is, like, because they help ensure transactions and liquidity but, uh, flow. They just, like these financial markets, have been able to lobby for such a low tax rate that we're not actually collecting any of these gains, and it's being cycled for empty reasons. Yeah. And that's why I'm so concerned about our forex position because it's just weakening the dollar for no reason. It, you know, I mean, the whole like the top of the pyramid is getting taller and narrower, which just means like the bottom is is growing wider. And if it keeps going, uh, like a breaking point has to come. You know, at some point it'll happen, and. Um, they they want to avoid that, but they don't know how. They're they're you know they're like beavers. Beavers only know how to do one thing. They can build a dam. You put them on top of a building, they will start Whoa. to look around for wood to build I, a dam. I, I, That's the same I, I thing. Mean, I mean, can only do like, one thing in every position. Yeah. Have have yeah. have you seen that? Like among um, Pelosi and McConnell, Biden's actually going to be the youngest person there. <laughs> <laughs> so so it's like. Yeah. It's it's it's, it's that like, hurts. Yeah, yeah. So 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 think about how ridiculous this is. Like, would would a would like a company like Facebook or um, Amazon or Google ever hire people like Pelosi no. or Biden? There, no way. There you go. Those, yeah. There, no. Right. Yeah. But you don't, yeah, you don't get judged on performance as a politician. Unfortunately, has, you get judged let's on. Let's be fair. It's, the government what like how did clinton not even bring that up once during the entire campaign like would you hire trump at mcdonald's like <laughs> like wouldn't that have been a just like even <laughs> as bad as clinton was even as bad as clinton was wouldn't that have just been an earth-shattering comment it would have been kind of a glass houses moment because would you hire Clinton either? No. <laughs> right. But I mean, at least she's more credible in that position. Like, <laughs> what? Kevin is making you a fine enough for it's just she's going to do that afterwards. Of the matter, 
and she's going to uh, try and renegotiate step pay and get herself promoted, and she's going to try and change the health plan. You know, but she will make you a good burger, so you would trust her in that sense. Right. She's yeah, not going to spit in your burger. Spit on your ass. But, Cody, what what do you say about, uh, you said performative or something like that? There's a lot of performative things going on. Politics is almost entirely performative. Like, the number one skill to be a politician, literally, is can you raise money, which means can you essentially, can you get up in, in front of a crowd of people and say, and essentially lie to them with without, it's showing on your face that you're ashamed of it. Like how good of a sociopath can you be to be able to build consensus and rouse people's emotions and get people all behind an idea and use rhetoric that can basically get people to believe in you and think that you're going to do all these things and then backdoor find a way to not get those things done in a strategic way so that you can still have like leverage in various areas so that you can like advance your career or the career of the people um, kind of in your, in your stable. Um, That's like, that's the annoying thing. Like in the private market, like people do for the most part, get promoted based on competency and on, um, you know, perform, you know, results. Now there's a lot of like shadiness that goes on there too. There's plenty of people that have done way too well and aren't that great, but for the most part, Right. Yeah, nepotism, all that. But like, it's like twenty times worse in politics, basically. Like, um, it's it's crazy that that's who it selects for. And so, like, a lot of the smart, like, problem solving people who want to be like fixing things and finding problems and coming up with a solution and a framework to solve problems, they are repelled by politics because they know that if they went there, they'd be like what the fuck is going on? Like, I can't like do anything. I'm just going to like sit around and try and raise money. And there's all these problems that I've identified, but like, I can't work on them because that would actually hurt us if we solve this problem. So like it, like politics repels people who are actually good at and care about solving problems. And it, um, it selects for, or it attracts people who are good at understanding how to like, use the leverage of having a problem be out there to build consensus around fixing it or build a consensus around like stopping the other team from trying to um, solve it or do something different with it. And basically like just, you know, build consensus basically. And it's, it's, it just gets worse and worse as like the underlying problems and the um, wealth divide in our country gets worse, worse. And so like, it's only going to keep going one way. And so we need like, like Yang, he's like an actual problem solver. Like he could get hired at a company that was good at fixing things and building things. None of these, most of the all other politicians couldn't. And so his approach to it is like so refreshing because you, you know, he's not up there like, and I can't understand why people don't watch almost every politician and just be like, okay, this is just all bullshit. Like it's, it's, even it's, like the, Demo- yeah, the Democrats yeah. do it in a certain way to appeal to the like kind of upper middle, you know, the upper middle class, upper east side people where they're highly credentialed and they speak in more of a, you know, educated tone and the excuses that they use for things are more like seem more legitimate because they map better to the educational backgrounds of the people watching them. But that's just like candy coated yeah, bullshit. Yeah, it's candy coated bullshit. <laughs> and, but it's enough for the people watching to be like, oh yeah, that makes sense. That like, I yeah, kind of identify with that, and it, it makes me feel smart for supporting them. And and then right. there's, like, the Trumpian way, which, you know, appeals to 
be, be you know, a different segment of, of, you know, maybe middle America type people, people and like lizard brain. Yeah. And like, neither of them is like, correct. Both of them have um, threads of truth in them and just enough for the, to get their um, kind of teams bought into it. But it's, it's such a dirty and disgusting business once right. you see that it's all, it's all performing. It's literally all lack of nuance. It's, I don't it's, think it helps anything that like the people who are the most competitive also care mostly about themselves in general, because in order to be competitive yeah. to that um, extent, you have to uh, be yep. willing to cut in line for somebody if you want to get there first. You have to be willing to push that extra hard to get in front of somebody. And a lot of times that means pushing somebody else in front of a bus. I couldn't do that to somebody. So the idea of me running for a career in politics, it feels like I'd probably be pretty doomed to fail because I can't you know, play yeah. dirty or get my hands dirty. Or even if it's not dirty by the rules, I will feel bad personally if I do something that's immoral or that is against my morals. To, uh, stepping into the realm, it, it can corrupt you, right? Like you're just like, okay, I'm here, and then you're like, whoa, do I have to do the thing in order to uh, move forward? But like, think about it. Like these people are seeking validation that they can do it, right? This whole like politicking is about validate me. I have like, wh- I have what it takes, right? Like, look at me, look at me, and then it's just like, okay, you spent. So so much of your energy and mental bandwidth to get that validation by the time it comes around to doing the work, you might already be exhausted, right? And you're like, oh man, okay. And then maybe, maybe emotionally you have this like guilt and self-doubt, right? And and maybe that actually manifests. Because you have to think, these people do have emotions, right? Like they're not just crazy. I mean, they might seem like it, right? But the entire world that instantly makes you want to be corrupted because of like the money, the lures, the the politicking and it's gaslighting, right? You have all these people that are just like, you know what? It's not, it's not uh, like, wh- why would you do this to your friends? This is how they got here. Right. And so, so like then it's and it becomes so- normal. Yeah. And, and you don't notice that you've just like entered something so toxic. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you speak up, like you're the one that's the problem. And that's why these good yeah. people get fired. Right. Like because, oh, you're a threat. No, you're the threat, you asshole. <laughs> just well, I that when you're negotiating with people, people have different sets of values that they bring to the table. So you may want to say, I can't do this one thing, but you need to do this other thing. And event, you have to immediately compromise your morals if you want to get that done. I say wanted the full amount for the uh, checks for the uh, stimulus, and I wanted the full weeks thing. But they had to negotiate it down and pare it down. And it's this back and forth where we lose all the things that are truly important to everyone and only get this middle ground crap that nobody really wanted in the first place. Mm-hmm. And it's all arbitrary, too. And it's, it's McConnell set a $1 trillion cap for all of this and is still rejecting a $900 billion bill over and over again. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with just, it's like generational. It's like all the people that control the levers of power for the most part, like 60 over 60% of Congress is, is either a boomer or a silent generation. And so these people have been around forever. They are living in a world that doesn't exist anymore that they grew up in. 
that they gain their power in, that they feel they're most comfortable with. And so that's like the only thing that they know how to do. So they're not willing to like change. And so, I mean, once, once the grip of, of power and across like a lot of institutions as well, outside of government, I think once those people start to age out more, which hopefully will happen quicker, but they seem to want to hang on. I, I don't know why, but you know, younger people will be more willing to try new ideas there's like one small silver lining, but it, it needs to happen a lot quicker. Well, they want to try. They want to try, but they got bad yeah. credit, right? Or or they can't afford to start their own business or, you know, because yeah. no banks are going to loan to them. So they have like maybe even the will and desire, but none of the resources, right? And then it, how dare you try to get these resources on your own? We're just going to like cripple you with more debt instead, you know? Like mm-hmm. people don't realize how hard it is in today's like society, especially after this pandemic. Oh, I bet you nobody has savings anymore i bet you people have the worst of credit right and now maybe they even have an eviction on their record that might stay for seven years right like these are things the percentage of people that have that is just going up and up meanwhile all the people who have the power to like or who have or like well connected honestly frankly most of my most of the people i went to college with most of my friends every like no one is talking like this and it's like, cause they're able to work from home and they have their great job and their savings are going up. And it's like, what are all these, why is all this societal unrest happening? Like all these crazy people. It's like, they just like don't, and you know, they have families and they are doing, they're relatively stable and like change, you know, and I kind of get it. I don't like hate them for it, but kind of the unwillingness to understand what's going on and seeing it just as an aberration that's going to like go back to normal is yeah, a really you, big problem you know, because it's as not long like, as it's as long as it doesn't like show up on your doorstep right which yeah. is kind of ironic because yeah yep. i am in a relatively stable place because like my my family's not really doing bad things are like like my uncles are really really well off they live in like big manch- the, like mansions in Bel Air, California. But the thing is that like just I don't know, like a week ago, we actually had like a robbery in our downstairs. I, I live in a secured building, and and they came and they like robbed our mail, not not mail, but like like the packages that were downstairs. And it's like if we see. Uh, you know, you might be comfortable in your cushy job doing your tech work and working from home and having your savings, but a societal collapse is a societal collapse. It's like if if they're coming in to rob, they're not going to ask you if you have like if you're a tech worker, if you have like a cushy mm-hmm. job. It's yeah. like you know societal unrest happening. So it's like you would think that that they would be all like they wouldn't be so much like I got mine, screw you. It would be like I got mine, but if this person can't afford groceries, yeah, uh, maybe they're going to steal from me. It's not really. It's not I got mine. They're not thinking about you. You aren't in their equation. You learn what you live. They're not aware of you. They don't care about you. They've got their own friends with their own drama and their own lives, and they you do not exist Mm -hmm. to them unless they see you. You learn what you live. Yep. That's why these stories are so important. That's why sharing this stuff is so important, you know? Because the only way they learn what they live otherwise is when they make contact with people who have that problem. And I'm sorry, my son is very loud. I apologize. 
wanted to uh, chime in here. So somebody who um, is involved in my life, they had someone literally walk into their house and steal stuff while they were in the other room, right? And then walked out with a bong or whatever. Okay, so like, <laughs> you know, they wanted the coping mechanism or whatever it be, but they just came in and stole from them. And now they want to move, right? I don't blame them. Somebody walked into your house and stole something while you were there that like you don't feel safe anymore even you know and like but people are doing these kind of things but you know you're talking about how people don't exist in their reality it's just like trash day happened right and the trash got taken away but someone's like oh i got this extra trash bag i'm just going to throw it in your trash thing and walk away i don't care about it but maybe now you don't have room for your own trash right and now you're angry at this person who took away all that space and you're maybe you never let it go right let the trash go that's what we have to do right like okay they don't care but you're holding on to it and now it's causing you all this extra drain on your life and your soul and your mind you know your mental bandwidth mm-hmm. um but, but, you know, uh, maybe that person had to because they wanted, maybe they're homeless. Maybe they and, just, and, you know. And the, like, the, hey, thing, the thing that really, really bothers me is, is that, like, back in the day when, like, our grandparents were, you know, there, they could probably, like, walk into the store and say, hey, I need, you know, some work and, like, you need an extra hand. And the guy would say, like, yeah, sure, pick up that thing and we'll pay you on this day. The one thing that tech has done has made like the job seeking process a living nightmare because of like these ATSs and they want like a special thing and then you have to like go through 150 like question assessment tests of like your personality and it's all done online and it's and it's all like that and then we have these this dumb shit Jim Jordan the best stimulus is to just get a job and it's like yeah. That takes time. That attitude is so stupid. That's really mean, just in general. Yeah. How many people are there who, even before COVID, were unable mm-hmm. to get work for very legitimate and very ignored reasons? I'm one of them. I have a child on the spectrum. You could hear him earlier. He um, is, he requires us to be on hand 24-7. Well, you know what entry-level positions are willing to let somebody be on hand 24-7? Like, if I went to apply yeah. at freaking McDonald's to get a job, and, like, three days in a row, Tristan was having a fit, and I had to come home, would they keep me? And not to yeah, mention, but and, and they're let, not doing their jobs. Go, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, and, like, 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 and it is only getting worse. Like, software is eating the world. It is replacing all of the you know, we ha- you have to look at humanity in, like, a very objective way. Like, there is a distribution of people and skill sets. And um, for a certain percentage of people, like, things that, that kind of, like, manual labor type stuff, cashiers, kind of more um, stuff like that. Like, it is all getting brought into software and technology. And, like, I've been inside of Amazon and Facebook I felt like an idiot there. Everyone around me was like so smart and, and like I'm a smart person and like went to good schools and um, I didn't feel like a complete idiot, but it's like, these are all, these are all the companies that are basically replacing more kind of manual labor, labor, blue collar type jobs. And it's only getting worse and worse because these companies are going to keep growing. So that just means there's going to be more people who, 
don't aren't don't have stuff to do like yang has said a lot and if that population continues to grow like it's going to like there's gonna be a lot of nasty things that end up happening and it's not even their end i wouldn't even blame them for it i i would say they're totally justified if they feel like there's nothing that they can do and so the the maybe negative you know conspiratorial ideologies that they start to fall into the the rioting or the you know whatever bad things happen from them it's like if you're just purely blaming them as like bad people then you're not looking at the problem in in the correct way and it's not a helpful way either because that's just going to inflame them more if the only thing that they're hearing from the opposite side is like they're bad and they're terrible it's like nope that's they're racist that's and they're not culturally thing. sensitive you know? and you know some of them are and like some of them are bad people but to blanket say that about everyone when it's not true in the vast majority of cases is awful is destructive Despicable. for almost every <laughs> single person in these movements it's a lot more nuanced than that everybody's oh, got yeah. a whole lot of history attached to their opinions their ideas they didn't appear out of nowhere yeah we have bred these humans we have put them into society with these ideas we have made our own monsters we have to unmake them mm-hmm and the only way for people to like change and basically be unmade and get towards a more happy future is to get the boot off of people's necks because no one is going to be willing to do that or wanting to do something positive or wanting to collaborate with someone who might think slightly different than them unless they feel that they have some future or some type of ability to like build a better future and more and more people are not feeling that way. And it's just going to keep getting worse unless we do something like a UBI to make it. So people like have a chance, like more, less and less people like have a realistic chance and they know that they're not dumb. They're not, you know, you, you tell them that they just have to like go and get a job and like work. And like, it might be true to a certain extent, but it it is getting harder. And not only that, but but and and Cody like nobody like for these just go get a job folks who I just want to strangle sorry I I just I just get so frustrated it's like well how about if they got like a master's degree and you're telling them to go be a grocery bagger that they could have done as a high school dropout like that's this attitude yeah, is exactly. stupid beyond belief it's like oh you 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 used to work at a at a at a job that could support a family. Well, don't complain, you know, and, and we were all told that, like, when we get our, you know, university degrees, we'd, we'd not have to look at minimum wage. We'd make a million dollars. Turned out to be a lie. All turned out to be a lie. And they're just telling us, like, oh, but, like, first they yeah. tell you, no, 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 you just don't want to get a high school diploma because you'll end up in a dead-end job with this dead-end thing and, like, you want to go get your education. Because, hang on. You want to go get your education because you'll make more money with an education as you do without one. Even if you just take a few college courses, it's better for you. And then when you do end up with that minimum wage job after you graduated with, like, thousands of dollars in debt, it's like, don't be so, um, uh, you know, don't think that you're special. Don't be so entitled Go take that thing that's flipping burgers, and if you don't, you're entitled. Point well, out. You are the same one who told me that wouldn't happen to me if I fall in your, you know, your your direction. I'd like to point out if you're lucky enough to make it out of college with the degree in the program that you chose in the first place, because 
Yang pointed out the statistic. Uh, basically, I'm going to um, approximate it here. One third of people of our population even go to college. Mm-hmm. One third of those people don't make it through. And after that, only a third of those people actually find jobs through college. How useful is this system if that's, the, if that's what we've got going on? I personally did go to college for um, gay art and design. I had my autistic child. I never got to make it through because I couldn't handle the stress of trying to raise my kid and do schoolwork at the same time. My grades slipped. I had to drop out. I've got all the debt, none of the reward, a lot of experience, but none of it able to be proven, none of it uh, paperwork-wise. So what ends up happening? Everything goes to waste. I can't even apply for the good jobs. I don't have that option. It's basically a waste of four years of my life until I find a way to market it myself, which is not the point of going to college. If that were what I was going to do, I wouldn't have gone to college to learn how to market myself. Yeah, it's a crazy situation, but if we keep doing things that keep bringing in the Joe Bidens of the world, same thing over and over, um, you know, Nothing's going to change, and it's just going to like get worse. So, so, so Cody, like your your. Oh, I was just going to say, I think it's important that we build something parallel right now while yeah. it, you know society yeah. is crumbling. We're we're building something we can step into. Uh, yeah. You know, instead of like, oh, it's going worse, worse, worse. Yeah. Okay, let's go. Yeah, it's it's fun to get into the yeah, to like negativity We're, porn. I, I, you know, and then feels good. Every everyone says like Yang twenty twenty four. Don't have time until the end of twenty twenty one. If this this crap keeps going on for a year, it's it's not about Yang twenty twenty four. It's about like what are the twenty twenty one. It's about what are the avenues that we have to see some of these ideas put into legislation, what kind of leverage can we use? What kind of pressure can we put? What kind of things can we make go viral? And how can we collaborate with each other to come up with a plan? Everyone in the tech and marketing and all these different spaces, we can all come together and we don't need anyone's permission to introduce ideas Mm -hmm. and pressure on this establishment. That's what yeah. we're doing, I think, right now. Yeah, I like that. That's, that's the only way to do it is just get the the word out there more. So I think there's people who are naturally drawn to this, and a lot of them are already in the Yang Gang. But it's like getting to that next level of people who I think the toughest people are the people who like already feel like their life is like going well and fine. And it's like, why disrupt things? You know, why do we need to have like a new bump in the road and have all these new ideas? You know, for the people it's not working out for, you know, it's like their fault. And, you know, it's in Darwinism. And, and so they'll, they'll eventually fall off. Are, are your, te- are, are, are the people you work with like that? I think that they would never admit to you that, especially like more democratic or liberal people, at the end of the day, they do believe that deep down. It's like, it is their fault. And like the people, you know, we don't need to think about them. They'll just like go away and live and die in their little uh, communities that are so backwards and they're so dumb. They'll never admit that because they consider themselves like good, you know, right thinking, uh, you know, progressive minded liberals. All like my Democratic friends or most of them for the most part. But that, that when it comes down to it, that's probably what they think. 
Um, but just like getting a message that can be palatable for those types of people um, and just continuing to build it and showing a stark contrast between that and what they think is good about like the stability of a Joe Biden or, you know, the great thoughts that they had when Obama came in and um, during his administration, which, you know, I'm not, there are some, there's bad things with good things, but I think that there, we need to be, find a way to get this message to the next level level of people. It has like, we have the core people and we've maybe taken a half step to like the next level. Um, but we need more normie type people to be able to understand it. Yeah. Yeah. That's we need for a marketing sure. campaign, what it sounds like. We need people to spend money on Facebook ads. We, we need more of these brave, we need more brave fucking celebrities that all love Andrew Yang, the Dave Chappelle's of the world. All these celebrities that love him need to like, honestly step up and start like making content with Andrew Yang or talking about it. Like he has the best celebrity crew and they already have the microphone. They have the, they have the platform to be able to do it. They're just scared because they have their, I'm sure that they've been told on some level by their um, agencies that they that represent them or the, the way that power works out in, in Hollywood, people are only allowed to say certain things mm-hmm. and it will be bad for their career. There needs to be a brave person who paves a way by like going out there and saying like, Hey, I don't care what the consequences are. This is a big enough of a problem for me to kind of buck the orthodoxy or trend. And then once that happens, more people will feel more safe to be able to do it. But see, to do something like that, the problem is, uh, so us broke people, okay, have the knowledge and resources and even the research and all of the things, right? But we can't even have a conversation with yeah. that because there's this, like, social blockade, right? I can't mm-hmm. go talk to an actor and they're like, yeah, no, they think I'm probably some crazy another fan, you know? And, like, so the, there's these social barriers that, like, you literally have to, like, infiltrate these social networks, which... Mm-hmm. Fair, I am trying to do, <laughs> right? But, but like, it's difficult, right? And and I, I, it's easier for me to like talk to the grunt workers of these movie industries, right? The people who actually put in all the hours. And this is something I have been doing, right? But um, like to the actual actors, that's still yeah. a barrier, right? That these are different, you know, click, if you will. And uh, how how does somebody who's a nobody? Oh right? God. Like, how do I do that? I don't know. Hang on, uh, we we just we just got a we just got a comment on our uh, Twitch stream. The brokest of the broke do not have internet access. Or, uh, uh, yeah. The broke do have internet access nowadays. Um, Korea or South Korean people have access to the internet. They get it through the black market. Please do not pretend that the in, that uh, the pro- price of technology has not come down low enough that the brokest of the broke cannot connect to the damn internet. I could go on back market right now and get an iPad for 64 bucks. Go fuck off. Well, I'm sorry. Go fuck off with that. Said, I think what's being said is homeless people might not have internet, right? And I've met these yeah. people. They have cell phones that are crappy and make them angry, okay? But they still have access to internet in general, 
But even me, that, like, it's not worth it, man. Yeah, let me let me let me give you an interesting statistic here. So I worked at Facebook. The product that I worked on was all in emerging markets, and that's Africa, Asia, Latin America. And if you think about Facebook and what is their total addressable market, like who who does Facebook want to get? It is all eight billion people in the world are their potential customers. And so my team, talking about the connectivity issue, we have 8 billion people in the world. Only 4 billion people use the internet. Half the world does not use the internet. And the, you know, the majority of those people are in Asia, Africa, and Latin America. I traveled, was in India, Bangladesh, Singapore, Indonesia. And so when you're talking about what, like, it is very common not to have the internet in, in those countries. I do agree with you. Um, uh, Maya, on the um, here, it's much less common for people not to have some type of um, internet access. Um, internationally, it's much different though. Um, and so, like, Facebook has all these connectivity programs that are trying to connect people to the internet all over the world, mostly so they can get like, new They're accounts. trying to set up like cell phone towers and stuff. Is that what they're doing? Uh, that's part of it. Working with like the AT&Ts and the horizons of every country, the telecom right. companies of every country to like create program so that it's easier for the internet to, to spread to like rural parts of here's here's the problem that i'm i'm kind of uh, sensing up on because co, co you said you work with amazon too the problem is if, mm-hmm. if you only have money flowing in one direction and none of it coming back you're basically screwed you're just going to funnel all of it from the bottom and nothing's going to to come from that anymore so that's why i think it's so gross that they're only thinking about themselves and how do they get bigger and bigger and bigger and never stop you know you know what uh you know what we call uncontrollable growth we call that Mm -hmm. a cancer literally uncontrolled growth is cancer so if you have these things that are just consolidating their power with uncontrolled growth and nothing's coming back, it's no different than having a parasite or a virus that uses up all the resources until the host is finally gone and it's gone with the host. Yeah, that's so, like capitalism know. in general. And usually like competition can come in and help to mitigate that. So if it gets like too big and out of whack, then like another force will come in supposedly and like help to make them change or make it better. But all these tech companies, like they don't have competition like Facebook, you know, any idea that starts to take hold in the tech space that could potentially threaten Facebook. Like they know about instantly from day one, they can start building um, either buying it or building things to squash it. So it's, it's very hard. And so like, I'm not like, I'm not an anti-capitalist. I'm not someone who thinks we need to do away with capitalism. I think that here. I think it's just like tilted way too far. I think like capitalism is always like it always tilts towards the top. So it's always just going to start adding way, way more to the top and disadvantaging the bottom slowly over time. So like maybe right when the whole trickle down, like at a certain point, like in a certain economic um, uh, instance and in, like trickle down economics does make sense. But from that point where it does start making sense, it, st- it, it starts getting worse and worse and worse and worse. It never like starts making but yeah, more but sense. It will only get it's, worse. It's not. It's not. It's, a, it's not a level. Right. It's not a level. So now we need the field. opposite if, of bottom up. Right. It's, it's, it's not a level playing field. If 
if if if the if there are like ten laps to finish your race, and you already like by default award someone seven laps at the beginning of that race, it's not a level yeah. playing field. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, and and that just gets less that. level over time. It, it doesn't naturally level itself out. So like it, it has to have a governmental force to do some type of releveling it without completely destroying it, or it will get naturally destroyed because it starts to disadvantage way too many people. That's just like the rise and fall of civilizations. It's it's the only way that it can happen. And it's we're like getting to a point snake. where yeah. like, like the Ouroboros that eats its own tail. That's some, snake. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> see when we're talking about this though is you know if we're going to use the garden metaphor and all these different plants are you know different companies and we got trees that are big growth right you know that tree is going to overshadow and kill out the plants that need the sunshine right but we also have some sticker bushes coming in and they're just like growing and choking out all the other plants and and then you know you still have a garden right but is it actually something that we can use and enjoy or is it prickly and we can't even walk into there right you know, we need some goats to come in and eat the, <laughs> yeah. the sticker bushes or something. But, like, we don't have these kind of things in place. Well, yeah, yeah that's that's because, like, the goats are, like, uh, 80 years old and can barely move their mouths. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jeez, yeah. Yeah, it's like they're almost dead and they still want to hold on to their power. We need fresh uh, goats. We need, we need fresh. We fresh need new goats. Blood, like yeah. Politics. Yeah, yeah, that's I think that's what it all boils down to. I think I think really like like now that we're making these connections, Cody, if like you can find some of your former friends who are just as passionate as you about these things that are happening or is that are you like one of a kind in like the tech field and all the uh, other No, I mean there are people there it's somewhat I think it's like more common than you would think but people just don't really talk about it. Like people don't mm, okay. get passionate about societal change if things are going well for them and generally things generally people who are in tech things are going well for them. So it's like you have to most people, unless they're like pushed or unless they get in a situation where mm. they can't handle it any longer, which is kind of what I w- got into, um, most people just like won't become passionate about it and start to do things. Well, you know, yeah. there's a phrase yeah. I live by or occasionally think about, and it's like, it's not until the pain outweighs the gain before yeah. we make change. Right. Yep. Uh, and, and that's with anything, even in a bad relationship. Right. You're still gaining something from a bad relationship. But until yeah. that pain is too much, that's when you finally break up with the abuser. Right. Yeah. We're also told when things are going well, don't rock the boat. Right. Like most of yeah. us would, hold, you know, you've got it good. You should count your blessings, not you should worry about other people, not you should take your blessings, right, yeah. find ways to make them multiplied amongst others. No, it's count your blessings. Don't rock the boat. Uh, watch your back. Make sure everything. that. Watch yeah. yourself first. And, you know, that is, there's always, like, some amount of that that needs to be done, but we've kind of taken it to an extreme. You know, I, I, I don't know. I, I, think, I think that if Yang was more of a firebrand, he might have, something would have happened. I think, like, I because I always love doing that, just, just like, shining screen and stuff. 
<laughs> I don't know. Bernie was a firebrand, and he didn't get what he wanted either. You, yeah. you can't like, say attitude is everything. Yeah, Yang won everything. It has to be like authentic, like Yang, because like he is that kind of nice, goofy guy. But he, I, I do love watching the videos of him where he goes a little off the cuff and like curses, and he can go into that mode. I think if he becomes mayor of New York, like he might go more into that mode um, once he kind of like rises to that level. I'm very convinced that he'll he will not allow himself to be like co opted kind of in, into the political machine because he's he's well, too is, smart for that. He knows that it's coming to... He's in alignment with his values. He's in alignment yeah. with his values, and it's hard to, like, pull you away from that yeah. if you're strong well, he's in it. away from it once, too. He had the opportunity to have everything handed to him on the easy path. You know, he yeah. may not have gotten anything really accomplished on a bigger picture, and that's what was killing him, was he wasn't going to get anything accomplished on the bigger picture. Yeah. So he quits. And he went and started doing bigger things. So I don't think that he is yeah. corruptible. We have evidence I, that not corruptible. Yeah. If he would have run his presidential campaign and was just like this hotshot dude who was like kind of loud and mean and rough around the edges and Asian, I think that like that might have that would have been just like too weird for too many people. It's like unfortunately, because he is like Asian in tech, people want to like they have the stereotype of that being more mild mannered or whatever and so but, but if he like, wasn't like that he, I, th- I, I think he played it well he could always go into that but i think branding yourself from the outset in that mode from the beginning might not have been the right play but not from the beginning but as people were like getting to know him as the field were like narrowing I think that would have really helped. It like it's like if he did yeah. it in like the last debate or yeah, yeah. That's what that's what I'm thinking because because then it's like because like like if if he when he was not getting any time in the debates, like I, I would have just said like, hey, why the hell are you like giving you the least amount of time? What is this? Why why is it always like that? And then people would have been like like okay. like seen him as the underdog, you know? Well, I want to I want to chime in here a little bit. Okay, so. Like, Andrew Yang, like, the way he uh, handles it with the emotional stability that he does is showing that it's possible, one, right? But the other thing is how you react to a situation is actually going to affect the outcome of the situation. If you're in a panic because you see someone hurt themselves, they might freak out that they just hurt themselves, right? But if you're like, oh, it's okay, they might respond to you. Oh, it's okay. I'm going to be okay, right? How we react to a situation is going to make us react back, right? In a somewhat equal form. Um, and, you know, and I think he's trying to do that a little bit. Like, you know, this doesn't need to escalate. You know, nobody, if someone's yelling, nobody's listening. Okay, we, we should know this, mm-hmm. right? But, like, um, he he came at it at a, a more, um, I don't know, healthy approach, in my opinion. And I think he did it yeah. the best way uh, that was authentic to him, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he's he's the man. I very selfishly want him to run in twenty twenty four, maybe start a different party, but like that seems like such a heavy lift. But yeah, yeah, that would be a waste. I would love it if it had like a chance to win. I just feel like that's tactically unsound. Like there's got to be a way, even if even if there's not a way with a great chance of success. The chance of success of a third-party presidential win in 2024 is just completely discountable, in my opinion. Just don't even yeah, bother it with it. Try anything else. It shouldn't be, though. Right, it's but our so system is so bad. 
Yeah. Ranked choice voting first before. Right we now, that would change the game. Yeah. yeah. Which is why they'll do everything in their power to stop us from getting it. Which is why already we're seeing the conflation of ranked choice voting and racism. So you know those are the people, the uh, the New York City Council, the members of New York City Council. I mean, I don't know. Do you know about this, Cody? No. Uh, Andrew, yeah. So so um, there was to be a change procedurally, I guess, from a previous vote uh, to New York City's voting, and they were going to allow for ranked choice voting for the first time ever. And some members of New York City's council are stepping up with sort of a, an emergency procedural measure. I don't really know the specifics of New York City, you know, government. I'm sure it's extremely arcane, but some kind of procedural measure to stop it. And the grounds is it's racist. This ranked choice voting is to suppress the votes of people of color. That is literally what they're saying. And they were not not providing a lot of details. You know, they kind of want to make it like, well, we're experts. And, you know, these people, they're all kind of, it's a lot of dog whistles and a lot of secrets. So you got to trust us. It, yeah, cause and the people are like, yeah, okay, that sounds right. You know? can't have more than one person yeah. that they like. It's like, we all know that black people only like to vote for one person. So this would be racist. Like, that that's, like their response to, to that is racist. I feel like this is the appeal to authority fallacy, right? Where just because this person is the authority figure, I'm going to believe them instead of doing my own research, right? Like, yeah. Oh, I hate that. Yeah, just like, like our experts, the well well credentialed people that, yeah. It's so hard yeah. to have the right balance, though, because at the same time, we also need to have more people trusting certain news sources that they are discounting. So. You know, it's. I think that one of the biggest problems we have in America is we have gone too far in excess of everything. You know, if you don't believe in one thing, you can't believe in anything ever again. If you don't, um, there's no mild version of doing your research. Either you rabbit hole down some crazy conspiracy theory or you blow it off, right? Yeah. That's like basically the way we work. Nuance. Yeah, nuance doesn't sell. No nuance. I think there's one way, one good, the best litmus test, it's not perfect, but it's pretty good. The best litmus test for determining if you can trust a news source is, is it marketed as entertainment? Do they benefit from more views and is it, is it marketed as entertainment? So that's almost all mainstream news you're ever going to get. That's a lot of, a lot of the news that purports to be independent as well. So marketed as entertainment too, right? What's that? We'd be marketed as entertainment too, but we're not going to lie or any of that. But we're also just opinion. Yeah. We're going Are to we marketed have- as, I guess you're right. You know, all news is marketed as. But here's the thing: there's no profit motive for us. Is there a profit motive for for the news? If you if there's no profit motive for the news, that's a big plus. Yeah, for that's for the trustworthiness of its source. This is not a monetized project, yeah, and part of the reason it's not monetized is because I think a lot of people feel they can trust a non-monetized project in this environment when they can't trust many others. Yeah. When it comes to like what's true and what people make need to make decisions on that affect lots of people's lives. If, if that is driven by what gets the most clicks, then it's just natural. The truth is not truth. Doesn't get as many clicks nuance and explaining situations in a full way and showing both sides of a situation that doesn't get engagement. Um, and so it will never happen. It will just get it, keep getting more and more um, kind of polarizing and, and myopic because it, it has to to compete. 
What kind of things could Amazon and Facebook do actionably to um, change? Uh, do you think it's possible for them to change to be more ethical, if you will? I don't know. It would it would need to be some type of new model. I mean, it's all metrics. If they're just going to, to the bottom line and the biggest driver for their bottom line for Facebook is engagement. Like, unless humans change their brain of what they engage with and they start liking less polarizing or crazy things, then they will not change their model because that and would hurt their bottom line. People have to self-actualize. People have to self-actualize before we create So if they created some change. product that was like, hey, a self-actualizing product or something where they like incentivize you or made cool somehow you having a conversation and like with someone who doesn't think like you and some like back and forth where you see humanity in different types of people. If they were somehow able to like figure that out and do that, like that would be fascinating. That would be really cool and really helpful. Um, but the amount of people that would want to do that, there wouldn't be enough of a market for it. It would have to start on a small level and, like, start growing. Um, well, I mean, one of the things I like to say is people aren't going to self-actualize until they have a universal universal basic income because they'll finally yeah. have the time to fucking do it, right? Yeah. Like, that's yeah. part of the problem. People don't have the time or energy. They're depressed or they're seeking money or, you know, maybe they're fighting with a spouse instead, and you know, probably over money. Yeah. It's like there's no Chicken time to egg. self-actualize. Yeah. I think one yes. of the most terrible things about the way things are structured right now is that we can spend our entire lives in service to a goal we don't care about any any way whatsoever. You can spend your entire life dedicated to a person who is making other people's lives miserable and not even know it. That's like all the unintended consequences. Um, hang on. Yeah, we, we got another comment from uh, T4Y Podcast. 26 states have direct referendum access to ballots. All we need is signatures to get initiatives on the ballots. This is how we start snow the snowball rolling. This is how we change the structure and stop being victimized by it. Let's go for it. Uh, if there, there's any, any form of direct action without having to worry about some corrupt, decrepit geezer blocking it, Let's uh, exploit that. For procedural reasons, many states can't allow for such a massive budgetary bill to be petitioned directly from citizens. Oh. Basic income piloted like that. It, it, and we're not a democracy. Then we, we might as well be an oligarchy. If we can't do this, we're an oligarchy. We're not a democracy. We're a republic. Who go and represent us. And if they don't act. Well, republics are stupid. It's, it's, it's I don't like specifically that. a banana republic. <laughs> Our democracy being yeah. a federal, uh, a dual federalist uh, system. This is about states' rights versus federal rights. Uh, many states have balanced budget amendments in their constitution because of the federal deficit. And that's how we really justify the federal deficit a lot. Only a few states aren't really tethered by that, and they still have municipality-balanced budgets that essentially do the same thing. So that's what I mean by procedural reasons. Like, because we are a fractured democracy, the people ourselves can't just petition random, uh, massive budgetary changes. We can uh, petition for increased freedoms like cannabis 
reform, which increases tax revenue. But that's a really minor budgetary concern compared to giving everyone cash on essentially uh, either taxes or some other thing because of, again, balanced budget amendments. Like, it could happen, but the pilot would be literally too insane to actually pass anyone's uh, acceptance once it actually hit the ballot. It'd be with, like, a 30 or 40% value-added tax to keep everything in line. Why do we think the government is working? Why why, why do we follow the government anymore? Like, none it of this. It does work. The is not working in this situation. I think the whole system... I'm sorry, what'd you say? One more time. I said, we seem to rethink the whole system. It's all broken. Like, I'm listening to these podcasts over and over and over again, and that's all I'm hearing is that, like... I, I have in- to disagree. It's it's not broken. The people we put in charge are not acting. The system works if you use it. But the people... Oh, broken. Like, when's the last time it was actually being used properly? Honestly, not that long ago. Like 1970, like, maybe? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, that was... <laughs> That was the height of the civil rights movement. We got a lot of budgetary concerns solved, but even in the uh, in the uh, Reconstruction after the '08 crash, we got a lot done. Like the Medicaid uh, Medicare expansion was truly massive, along with all the infrastructure uh, spending that Obama did do. Well, I guess I come from a different perspective because, like, the U.S. government has always been trying to suppress my people. So yeah. it's just yeah. so, so from my perspective, the U.S. government hasn't been doing a goddamn thing. So and that's totally valid, too. I mean, it's like the real question is like, yeah. yes, the U.S. government has always been go- terrible. It's always been an oppressive, antagonistic force for you and yours forever, Joshua. And the question is like, when did it become that for other people? And the answer is 1970. <laughs> <laughs> when did it? When did it become that? And then it became that for its own citizens. That's when it became that for yeah. for Ariel and me and uh, you know some other people. Yeah, I'm always yeah, my people are always attacked by either like localized yes. governments or U.S. governments. And I'm like, I'm wondering, like for you guys, from your perspective, you're like, okay, well, Sheridan says that it's been working properly as like a U.S. citizen, but I'm like. You know, I don't like my people going to the Supreme Court just trying to defend themselves, and it, it, it's irritating that. Um, hearing this from you guys saying that this whole system isn't working, and yeah, I hear it over and over and over again in every single podcast. Mm-hmm. I think it's just time. I think it's time we just like say say fuck the government and just start, start building our own thing, man. It's not, I mean, it's not own government wise, but like we're building a podcast, and yeah, let's build yeah. more things. What are we gonna? What's let's do it? What do you have in mind? <laughs> With well, the organizational wise, right? Yeah. Like, what do we like? How do we like organize properly? How do we like set up our own systems and things like that? So. I don't yeah, know. That's part of this thing. We're, we're ongoing trying to answer that question, and I'm absolutely with you. I mean, I mean, you can get like different corporations come in and they just own. Oh, sorry. A few suggestions for places you could go if you want to do. Like, a lot of the problem is, like, people expect this work to happen overnight. People expect that everybody's plans and such are, like, manifesting immediately. But you need to, like, people need to go in and do the work with the organizations that are already existing out there. For example, like there's a lot of people trying to start third parties already that anybody could be like, well, I'll go help this movement. You could join Humanity Forward and try and help with the congressional pushes that are going on. There are a lot of things that are already out there that we need to promote and have people go on board with. And we can pull those organizations together. But, it, you know, talking 
about this is great and we do it every week and each one of us has our own other projects that we're also doing on the side is the important thing to remember this podcast doesn't exist in a bubble we like phase doing the thing with the town over in uh where well, are you now? Uh, remind here. the system is organize with your local communities connect with larger organizations and change laws through legislative action use our system that's the reality. We have to get the right people in the system to use the system right. Mm-hmm. The way I look at it from like local standpoints, and this happened in Nevada quite a bit. Um, no, even like the mayor, the, ma- the mayor levels. Power. Yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. the mayor, the mayor levels, right? You see these giant corporations come in and just own an entire city or entire town. And yeah. I'm like, the interest level of, like, that, like, the power that, like, these corporations have that just come in and, like, okay, you're, you pretty much are owned by this corporation now. This is a mining corporation and stuff like that. Um, like, there has to be a counterbalance to that. Like, this is from, like, a, a smaller perspective. We're not even talking, like, a national or a world perspective. Yeah. Um, how do we counter that, like, uh, from, like, a positive standpoint? And I don't, I don't. Um, I don't see any of it really. Like if these nonprofits are popping up, it's, so they it's, don't have that type of influence at all. That's the point of fighting for the basic income and organizing people to get that passed through our legislative bodies. Once people yeah. get more capital to organize more, we can do more. That's the beauty of capitalism. You can cycle the currency. We just need to actually get the flows going. So Josh brought up something that I wanted to touch on, and I, I found it interesting. Uh, you know, he says, like, uh, if a corporation moves into this town, you're owned by that, uh, you know, that town is owned by that person uh, because, you know, that's the work that's available, right? And I was thinking about Fort Deposit. Like, they do have car companies that um, do exist within that um, town, right? But, like, car companies are only impacting the planet in a negative way, right? Like, you know, uh, they're positive in the fact that we can get around, but they're not incentivizing clean energy to run these things, right? And so, like, if the town is owned by a car company that, in like, continues to push oil-based uh, vehicles, then you're, you're essentially making these people work towards uh, more pollution in our country, right? And so it's just, like... You don't even have the opportunity to say, no, actually, no, I don't want to do that because you have to feed yourself, right? Let alone if you have clean water to drink. Yeah, There's like so many like different causes out there. I mean, so many different problems and so many people advocating for like whether it's, you know, climate change type stuff or universal basic income, uh, you know, ranked choice voting. There's all these things. It's like. So it kind of scatters where people's energy who are all part of this kind of um, people who want things to change kind of scatters the energy. I feel like some type of concentration where people go all in on like one thing to get that change because it's very hard just to get like change in one thing. Um, so it feels like it needs to be it, – it, unfortunately, it's like a slow and boring process of just getting people to volunteer and like – uh, kind of pounding the pavement and getting the word out there and like getting people in government to support things, doing it in a smart way. Like Yang is doing yeah. with universal basic income. I know that he's like personally lobbying lots of people in Congress. So I feel like that one, the notion of concentrating on one thing first and getting that done, which will then build momentum for other things is probably a good thing. 
doing it a smart way. Agree. Is, uh, very and 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 very, uh, and and know, we have to um, about it. And it works we we, well we have to get very get efficient. people. Uh... <laughs> yeah, we we have to get people excited about it. That's mm-hmm. what you said. If it's boring, so we we have to find a way to like introduce games, introduce like fun stuff, kind of like That's I know Shio has his like social stream content, and 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 and, and make yeah, like we we have to build content around that will make people laugh and get them interested and make them want to like be part of a community. That's what we're missing also, here. Not waste it's our like, effort though. I think well, you, you, I, you you touched on something I really want to go over. When we do the volunteering, when we do the calling, the writing, the letters, the meetings with the people, we have to make sure we're not just talking to people who are trying to placate us, who have the goal of never helping us no matter what, unless, you know, unless we can force them and then only talk to them if we have real leverage. Don't go talking to people. Don't go wasting our efforts on people who, over whom we have no leverage if they have no interest in helping us. So uh, we had someone from Wolfpack on yesterday who, who uh, gave us a very valuable piece of information I want to repeat. Um, your state legislators are an order of magnitude more accessible to you than your yeah. congressional representatives. Go see your state-level representatives. Yeah. They are the most powerful people to whom you have easy access. Go see them, yeah. and they might want to help you, depending on who they are. And you know, get to know them, get to figure out, figure out what you can do for them, and figure out what they can do for you. Work with them. Yeah, let me like, so I, the company that I, I'm working at a startup, a tech startup, and what we do is just state government in North Carolina. So the North Carolina General Assembly, which is a state level, like you're talking about, um, Senate, the state Senate and the state house. And these people are very easy to get in touch with. They, you could probably meet them for coffee. And I literally was having a conversation with someone yesterday who works at the North Carolina, like, public leadership institute where they like train politicians or something. And he was saying like, yeah, people need to start caring far more about what's happening in their state and stop being distracted by this national level, like drama and like thinking that all of this is what's important because like, it's not, this is entertainment. This is theater. All this stuff that we see on the news is not productive. It doesn't help. And but you can do stuff on a state level that can actually move the needle if you can coalesce people within your state to all have a, a pet issue around, you know, basic income and you can influence a local politician. Like that is so much easier to do. And like the state level is very, very underrated. Um, it's a great way to start. Oh, gosh, guys, we're like two minutes till uh do we do we have you till past four, or are you on a hard? Uh, um, I'll probably have to go in probably like five or ten minutes. Well, let's right, just so let's do a wrap up. up then. Yeah. Um, who do we want to start first? Well, let's have our guest since he's got to go in five to ten minutes. Start first. What is the uh, wrap up here? Uh, okay. Uh, we just okay. Say goodbye. I'd like to know what your social media is. Oh. Any projects that you would like to have people go check into? You know. Sure. Yeah. Like subscribe. Um, here, look, I'll, I'll do mine Twitter first. Is, so you have, oh, yeah, yeah, no, you get it. Yeah, oh. give me the. <laughs> okay, yeah, my name is Shale. My Twitter is S H A E L R I L E Y. That's where you can check out all of my tweets, and they're mostly retweets for UBI and uh, this promoting this show. And also, I have a Patreon where I do music, which is uh, with a group called The Grammar Club. Patreon.com slash The Grammar Club. Nothing to do with this, but if you feel like looking at my music for whatever reason, check it out. Anyway, here's our guest, Cody.
Hey, uh, my Twitter is at Cody RH2020. Um, the company that I um, am working at is called Upstate North Carolina. You should go to start.keepupstate.com if you want to check it out. You can track bills if you care about the North Carolina General Assembly, create a free account. And we do like advocacy campaigns. And um, yeah, feel free to check that out. Thinking of starting some type of like YouTube channel, but still haven't done that yet. You should do yeah. it. You should come back to this too. Uh, anytime we uh, we post the yeah. schedule every Thursday, so just real low key look at it. If you feel like coming on a certain day because cool. there's a time slot that works for you, or if you see a guest you know or you know of and you would like to talk to, then okay. just pop on in. You don't have to ask. You don't have to announce yourself. Just your open invitation to anyone who's already been oh, on the cool. show. Yeah. Gotcha. Thanks. No, hundred percent. It's been a pleasure uh, talking with you, Cody. I'll go ahead and sign off as well. Uh, I'm Sheridan Lund. You can find me on Twitter at jsabergamer, and you can find me on fray.world now at uh, Furry Sparkle, and uh, on patreon.com uh, slash notpublic, and then YouTube, The Odd Party. Thank you so much, guys. It's been a wonderful conversation with you, Cody. Uh, thanks thanks for having me on oh uh josh uh, you can meet me yeah. you can see me at uh on twitter at josh dot josh eastlick uh then on facebook on josh and uh i like us on the facebook at the gang gang podcast roundtable thank you Hi. Um, oh do you want to go first babe? go ahead go ahead no go for mm-hmm. it go for it Are we fight over who goes first now just do it girl do it Okay. Uh, hello, my name is Faye Doney. Uh, I'm trying to, you know, start a UBI pilot in uh, Fort Deposit, Alabama. Um, you know, I, I'm i pretty broke, so any financial assistance would be helpful just to make sure I can feed myself and other things like that. Um, but, you know, if you want to follow the story and journey that I am on, um, you know, TikTok's kind of like the commercial into my life, um, and Twitch is kind of like the episodes, if you will. Um, so my user handle on Twitch, TikTok, and Twitter is Tisdoney, T-I-S-D-O-N-E-Y, if you want to check it out. And if you can or want to contribute financially, uh, my Venmo is Art by Doney. Uh, PayPal is pulling a Doney, and Cash App is uh, Faye Doney, dollar sign Faye Doney. And, uh, yeah, uh, come check it out and, you know, follow me on my journey. If you see me online, you can make comments and stuff, too. It's cool. All right, Mia, your turn. <laughs> okay, um, I am at Mia Songbird on Twitter. I suppose I should probably mention, I do have technically a Patreon there, too, as well, that you can access through the link on my profile. Um, but, you know, I don't pay good attention to it because I'm very busy doing a bunch of other stuff. So if you're helping me out, you're helping me out because you love me, you like me, and I, I'm so grateful. Um, but regardless, anyways, I do Humanity Hangs Tuesdays and Fridays. Um, I do this, obviously. I'm going to be working with Boyce from Mindful Skeptics on the low for the trickle up. And I have a bunch of other fun projects on Thursday next week, Christmas Eve. Keep this in mind. There's going to be a special event with the Humanity Hangs. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. I don't want to reveal too much yet because nothing's been fully finalized yet, but it's going to be great. Save Thursday Eve if you happen to not have like a Christmas Eve party. And I'm sorry, that was an exceptionally long ramble. I will pass it off to, has Ariel gone yet? 
No, no, my my internet just cut off for a second, came back on, so glad to be back. Uh, yeah, so um, my name is Ariel Bakshenda, and you can fi- find me at uh, my uh, Twitter. It's Ariel's Ariels, A R I E L S A R I A L S, and uh, also I'm on YouTube. Uh, uh, I, my username is Revolutionary Thinking, so that's YouTube.com/slash Revolutionary Thinking, and uh, I'd I'd like to if if you can one day. I'd love to interview you, Cody, and just do like a deeper, deeper dive at like what you saw at these tech companies and like what the culture is in there and like how you first got started. I think that would be interesting. Yeah, it's I'm happy to talk about that. It's quite a culture that I have a lot of critiques about. Could talk about it. Oh yeah. Weird, weird, weird world over the big tech, I'll tell you that. Yeah, well, sure. your time cool. is limited, uh, so I just want to say thank you for coming on our show, and uh, yeah. I think everyone else has given their handles. So, uh, yeah, okay. thanks yeah. again. It's great meeting you, guys. Uh, thanks again. We'll yeah, great to meet you, guys. Cody. Bye, Cody. Bye. We'll be back uh, tonight, eight to eleven Eastern, with a social stream for anybody interested in that. Playing AI Dungeon and probably some other stuff, maybe depending. Uh, so that'll be fun, and uh, then tomorrow. Yeah. Be back uh, two to four, another regular podcast. And uh, oh, oh, what is her name? I can't. I saw the tip Excellent. of my tongue. She was here yesterday. She's going to be uh, this, the, our, our guest on Sunday. Uh, Kaizen. Anyway, a Yang Gang member who's uh, she's going to run for for her local office. So you know, that's good. That's, that's, uh, good. that's what we like to see. Um, and that's what we like to connect a network of. You know, uh, people who are running for 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 any local office who are in the Yang Gang got to know each other. So. Let's do it. See you tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in. See you tonight. (laughs) All right. Bye.